I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Money Stepper Q&A podcast. Question 32. How should I save for a house deposit? On Monday, we had a question from Money Stepper Savings Challenge participant, Kath D. Kath wanted to know about investing more in stocks and shares ISAs. In her question, she stated that she had savings in an easy access savings ISA with a goal to purchase another flat with a buy-to-let mortgage in the future. This got me thinking about a subject that we recently covered in our long-term investing strategy guide. You'll find that at moneystepper.com forward slash investing guide. Although Kath didn't specifically ask this question, I think that the common guidance on saving for short-term goals actually isn't the best and hence I wanted to explore it further in this separate Q&A episode. Imagine the following scenario. It's taken from Kath's question, but I've completely made the numbers up for illustration purposes only. Say that you have the following. Your own home. It's worth £200,000. You've got a £100,000 mortgage on it on which you pay 3% interest. An investment property. It's worth £150,000 with a £90,000 mortgage at 4%. You've got investments in a defined contribution pension totaling 50000 You've got an emergency fund of six months of expenses, which is £10,000. And then you're saving to buy a new buy-to-let property. It'll be another £150,000 property. You plan to get a 60% mortgage, which means that you need to save a deposit of £60,000. 40% of 150k, £60,000. So far, we've got 30k saved and we're keeping it in cash. We intend to be able to save the other 30k in the next two years. So a quick summary of that. You've basically got your own home and one investment property. You've got some savings in your pension. You've got six months of expenses saved up in your emergency fund and you're saving towards another property. Now, the traditional advice is that you should keep your savings for short-term goals. So the 40k, which is your 30k that you've already got saved for your house purchase and your 10k in an emergency fund in cash. I have to disagree with this. And I'll come on to why in a second. But before we do, let's quickly consider diversification in this scenario. You see, at the moment, we've got a total net worth of 100k equity from your home, 60k equity from the investment property, 50k pension savings and 40k in cash total of 250k. Now whether you assign the loans on your specific property, so the mortgages you've got, whether you assign those loans to the specific assets or whether you generally split them across your portfolio, and I'd probably recommend doing the latter when you calculate your net worth, you've either got a split between 64% property, 20% equities, 16% cash or 80% property, 11% equities, 9% cash depending on how you look at it. You'll have to understand those splits and determine whether you think those invested percentages are appropriate to your risk tolerance. And more importantly, whether there's a bias in there towards the investments which actually provide higher returns. 
In my opinion, the split in this example between what you've got invested in property and equities looks okay from a diversification standpoint because the real estate provides higher returns than the equity investments. And so it's not a terrible thing that you have more investments in the property than the equities. Whether your next investment should actually be in property, whether you should be saving up for a house at this time, is a more difficult question to answer. But my real problem isn't with the split here between your equities and property. My real problem is with the cash. So let's say rather arbitrarily that Kath's property investments return 15% a year and her equity investments return 10% a year. Generally, the property investments will be more volatile as they depend on capital appreciation on the property, the overall housing market, tenant demand, tenant behaviour, tax regulation, policy changes and many, many other factors. However, for all of this, she is rewarded with a greater return. So let's say that Kath's investing plan is to wait until she's got £60,000 in cash to buy another property. And on top of that, she still needs her £10,000 emergency fund. While starting today, she's got 40k in cash, 30k savings for the deposit and 10k for the emergency fund. If she keeps this invested in an easy access cash ISA, she'll probably obtain around a return of 1%. And that's a guaranteed return of 1%. We will assume that she will put in another £1,250 a month so that in two years time, she'll have that 60k for the house deposit and the 10k in the emergency fund. So at the end of the two years, we can calculate that Kath would have the 70 grand in the cash account and she would have earned just over £1,000 in interest. What's the alternative? Well, I'd suggest there's an alternative where she actually keeps much less cash. So she leaves £2,000 only in cash to cover the day-to-day emergencies. And everything else above that and that she has in cash, she puts into equities earning an average non-guaranteed return of 10% from the market. If she needs more emergency funds, more than the £2,000, then the equities can be liquidated to cash in a matter of days. I pick these amounts because most emergencies that occur do occur for less than two grand. And so when they do, she can pay them from the cash and she can replace that from her income or she can take it out of equities over the longer term to replenish her emergency fund. In this scenario, if we assume no emergencies as we did in the previous scenario, she would have £2,040 in the cash account at the end of the two years. But in the equities account, she'd have £78,899. In summary, she'd be £10,000 better off at the end of the two years by putting her money into the equities rather than keeping it in cash. Now, the big difference here is clearly risk. I've taken the average scenario and it's the differences between obtaining the 1% guaranteed and the 10% non-guaranteed, where in the 10% scenario, you could lose 30 or 40% of your investment if the market tanks. So the questions that an investor needs to ask themselves here before they do this is to understand what happens if I need to liquidate my investment for emergencies? What happens if instead of the market going up by 10% each year for the two years, they only go up by 5% or 2%? Or what happens if the market falls 5% or 10%? You also need to understand how likely each of those scenarios are to happen. Then you need to consider, well, if the market did fall 20%, it's an absolute disaster. What impact would that have, if any, on the housing market? Would it mean that your house that you're buying would be cheaper, for instance? And what does it mean to your overall strategy and your overall diversification? 
Now, I've presented a much deeper example in the investing guide, moneystepper.com forward slash investing guide, which looks at these questions in more detail. The key analysis is mapping what would happen in these different markets. But the conclusion is always the same. Cash is never an investment. It's only ever a store of value. So what you need to work out is if you really need to store that value or not. Yes, if you need to pay your rent next week and you've only got £500 to pay a £500 rent bill, I would never recommend investing that. In that scenario, you clearly need to store the value and you should be willing to forego investment returns for the guarantee of making that payment. When you're looking at longer term items and you're looking at an overall investment position and your overall returns, I think that a lot of people are overweight in cash when they're saving towards a shorter term goal. Remember, investments aren't just measured at one single point in time. One way to look at it would be, say, over the course of six years, If you were saving up for a house for five years and on that cash you earned 1% for the five years and so that in year six you could buy the property and you got a 20% return on your cash when you bought that property. Okay. In that scenario, £100,000 would turn into £115,000 after the six years. What happens instead if you invested that £100,000 in the markets and actually they performed over those six years below average and they only returned 5% on your money? Well, if you got 5% for each of those five years and then actually for some reason you couldn't buy that house, so you actually kept it there. So instead of getting five years at 1% and then one year at 20%, you just got six years at 5%, you'd have £134,000 after the end of that period. You'd be almost £20,000 better off. The conclusion to this is that whilst it's vital to think about diversification and you have to ensure that your investments are protected on the downside, you should equally think about your overall net worth and your related investments in order to maximise your returns every year. Cash is useful as a store of value, but if you don't absolutely need to store that value, then you could be losing money in the long term. This is quite a controversial topic and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. So let me know in the show notes, moneystepper.com forward slash question 32. And if, like Kath, you want to join the Money Stepper Savings Challenge, remember it's only free to join until the 31st of October. So head over now to moneystepper.com forward slash join the challenge if you want to achieve all of your financial dreams. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.